Our scripture comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 22 through 27. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And now, and, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown infinitely while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that fairy spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is the word of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, I pray that you'll speak through me and when and where necessary in spite of me. And Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning, I'd like to preach and teach on a sermon entitled, Waiting to Exhale. Waiting to Exhale. This morning, this holy day, when we remember the birth of the church, we hear verse Verses not of tongues of fire and cacophonies that turn into a divine symphony. This morning, on this Pentecost morning, we hear the verses not of the advocate promised by the Son in the Gospel of John. Those are stories we have heard before. And while those stories are still true and beautiful and maybe even a bit jarring, the one today is the one of the Spirit, the one that is fire and is dove but described as Paul in this letter to Romans as the incomprehensible inward murmurs and groans of a person, a people, a creation who never stop longing, sighing, groaning for a better world. We enter into Paul's correspondence with the church in Rome, and we know a few things off bat. Not all is right in the world, and we are children of God. These two clauses, at times dependent and at times independent, form the crux of this delicate space we occupy as followers of Jesus Christ and the kingdom he pronounces. We are both named and claimed, called and sent, but also the vision of Jesus Christ is not yet realized. We are reminded in Romans that part of the call on our souls, our bodies, our lives, is to be people who imagine. Yesterday morning, when our sighs were the yawns of time difference, and our groans were the utterances of an early Saturday morning without coffee, Bishop Michael Curry said this, and reminded us that our work is still, that our work is to imagine a world that looks different. Reverend Curry said this yesterday during the royal wedding homily. If you don't believe me, just stop and imagine. Think and imagine a world where love is the way. Imagine our homes and families where love is the way. Imagine our neighborhoods and communities where love is the way. Imagine our governments and nations where love is the way. 
Imagine business and commerce where love is the way. Imagine this tired old world where love is the way. When love is the way, unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive. When love is the way, then no child will go to bed hungry in this world ever again. When love is the way, we will let justice roll down like a mighty stream and righteousness like an ever-flowing brook. When love is the way, poverty will become history. When love is the way, the earth will be a sanctuary. When love is the way, we will lay down our swords and shields down by the riverside to study war no more. When love is the way, there's plenty good room, plenty good room for all God's children. Because when love is the way, we actually treat each other, well, like we are actually family. When love is the way, we know that God is the source of us all, and we are brothers and sisters, children of God. And so we stand between these truths. We are children of God, and love is not yet the way. The kingdom is not yet realized. So between the violence and death in lining Gaza, students who lost their lives in their schools, volcanoes erupting in Hawaii, just to name a few, and that was just this past week. Perhaps words might slip from our tongues, and all we are left with is sighs, groans, and murmurs. Unable to pray, feeling at times as if we might somehow have lost the demarcation that we are actually children of God. We crave redemption. We crave the promise of hope, even when the reality of that hope seems so far away. We groan not apart from creation, but with creation. And when it seems all too unbearable, we are to be comforted by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit not always necessarily in the business of of alleviating our suffering, but by the comfort of the companionship of an advocate who prays with us, for us, and on our behalf. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to visit the Whitney Plantation in southeast Louisiana. Uh, I'm not one who typically opts to visit plantations during vacation, but I was interested in seeing the Whitney Plantation because it boasts that is, it is the only plantation where visitors are told the story of the plantation from the perspective of slaves. And now, not unlike a visit to the Holocaust Museum, the atrocities of the past is brought to the psyche of the present as you are given a lanyard with the name of a child born to slavery. I had the lanyard of a boy named Henry. And on that lanyard are first-person quotes about slavery, inscribed words are recorded from people like Zora Neale Hurston during the WPA. And as the land that once was used to harvest sugar, and land where the sweat, tears, and blood of slavery and then sharecroppers is in the same soil where beautiful magnolia trees take root. You see art and memorials that beckon you to pause and remember. I imagine while the tales of the gospel mixed with the lives taken from Africa's shores and brought through the treacherous middle passage to the yet-to-be United States, this belief that amidst it all, dark bodies were indeed children of God, did not mean there was not an exasperated wish for another way, a way of freedom, a way where the love of Christ was imagined and realized and freedom was coming. 
I imagine that in the slave cabins of the Whitney Plantation and so many other plantations around the country, that it might have been hard to quell the world, the words and form them into prayers, that the groans and desires for something more were all that was left, and the salvific hope of another kingdom where love is the way. I imagine there was desperate waiting. And in that desperate waiting, a waiting with pains like childbirth, they were not alone. Because the Spirit suffers with us on our behalf. We do not wait for the exhale of liberation alone. We do it with the Spirit. And with the Spirit, we are reminded, one, that we are not alone in our suffering And that though the body of Jesus no longer inhabits our spaces of suffering and oppression, we share those same cries with the spirit that Jesus promised us in the Gospel of John. This morning we straddle two truths of our identity. We are children of God, and God's kingdom has not yet been realized. We live constantly in the space of the already but not yet. We live as those waiting to exhale. Waiting to exhale the groans and the sighs that come from a compassion for God's created world and those who inhabit it. Waiting to exhale the frustration that the tension that arises from creation's seemingly ability to know better and yet also seemingly ability to not do better leaves us without words and only incomprehensible murmurs, groans, and sighs. We are waiting to exhale that the promise of the Holy Spirit is not just that we will not be alone, but that the world will be different, that a new kingdom is on its way. Pentecost celebrates the birth of the church, that grassroots organism of ne'er-do-wells who take up the cause of the whole creation, that group of people who wake and mumble a dream that being called a beloved child of God is not the end game, but the journey. We are the church burst through fire and still small voices, gushing winds, doves, and incomprehensible murmurs, deep sighs, and hopeful waiting, waiting to exhale that the kingdom of God has arrived. And we were not alone in praying for it and desperately craving it, or in working towards its transformation. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.